Welcome to Moneyline, this is Matt McCall. It is Friday, January 29th, we got a big show coming up. With the market's pulling back again, S&P now at about a three week low. And everything that's going on with Wall Street bets and Robinhood, Citron, we're gonna talk about that. How it affects you, how to invest in volatility, what to be doing right now. This is a crazy time, folks. It is unprecedented. But that is why we're here for you. Coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here today. As you can see, I'm not outside today. Strangely enough, I think it actually is raining out and it never rains here past November and it's now almost February. Uh, but that's not why I'm inside. I'm inside because it was quite windy and we've had a few comments about people saying it's difficult for them to hear and I get it. As much as I love sitting outside, uh, we moved in in front of this uh, beautiful but ridiculous painting behind me uh, and right there is where I normally sit. That's the window right out there, that light coming in. Uh, but I think it is raining right now, which is insane because uh, it's just it, it never rains in dry season. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy week. Uh, we got some good news. You know, I'll tell you this. Even though the market's down right now, the uh, S&P is down about 37 points, about six, you know, 62 points, 1.6, 1.7% near the lows of the day. Lowest level in about three weeks. Uh, the stocks that, that we have are doing pretty damn well. I, I, I have to admit, man, I, I'm really happy with the way that they've held up uh, in the last week or so with the market being a quick bit volatile. Uh, so I like, and, and again, this comes back to investing in solid, long-term growth companies. Uh, they may not be making money now, but have a path to profitability. It's not rocket science. You're just investing in trends that are not going anywhere. I'm just looking at my list right now, and, and there's a couple of stocks I'm going to talk about. But on the top of the list, it's a cryptocurrency-related stock. Uh, there is a genetic testing stock. Uh, there is a cannabis-related stock. Uh, a gaming stock and electric vehicle stock all up at least double digits right now. So it just shows, you know, and the next one in line is a, a solid state battery company up eight and a half percent. If you invest in solid trends, big macro trends and pick the best companies in there, the odds are you're going to beat the market. It's, it's that simple. So as I just mentioned, the market is pulling back and we'll talk about what to do during a pullback coming up. I have a little investing 101 section for you how to manage volatility in a, in a time like this. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about a couple other things. I wanna talk about Robinhood and everything that's going on with GameStop and Wall Street bets. Uh, but before I get there, let's just take a look at uh, uh, something that I, I was surprised it wasn't moving and you know, glad to see it moving right now. And uh, that is uh, cryptocurrencies. So Bitcoin right now is above 38,000, but it was just below 31,000 24 hours ago. It went above 38,000 early this morning. I might have been while I was sleeping, but for the last 24 hours, it is up uh, about 13.5% at 36,300 right now. What, what's interesting about this is uh, after hitting that second high above 40,000, and Bitcoin had been kind of in a, on about a week, 10 day downtrend, and it just recently broke above that downtrend after holding support around that 28 to 32 level, which I thought was important. So I love the action we're seeing right now in Bitcoin. Uh, some of the altcoins are really starting to move here as well. So I'm loving this. And, and you think about the trend that's going on right now, uh, anti-establishment, uh, anti-Wall Street, anti-government, anti-Fed, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, where does that lead you? That leads me to, to the cryptocurrencies, altcoins, Bitcoin, decentralized finance, which we call DeFi. Some of these DeFi coins are taking off again. Man, oh man, I got to tell you, it just, again, this is a trend that makes sense, folks. And uh, so buy dips, uh, this stuff's volatile. It, it doesn't go straight up. But when I say it's volatile, I, I don't even actually like using that word. And the reason I don't like to use it is because with Bitcoin is because there's a lot of stocks out there that are much more volatile than Bitcoin right now. So when I see these articles bashing Bitcoin for being too volatile for the average investor, man, oh man, there's a lot of stocks out there that are much more volatile. But this kind of leads me into my, my, my second topic here, which is going to be what's going on with Wall Street bets, Robinhood, Citron and the short sellers basically going out of business. I, I freaking love it. Um, but they're not going out of business, so, but they're getting out of short selling because they've been manipulating markets and bashing uh, seller companies. Um, yeah, sure, they, they exposed a couple of bit of frauds, but they went after so many companies. They, you know, Shopify, uh, they said it was at, when it was at 100 bucks was basically garbage. You know, Shopify now is at $1,100. And he also said on there that the uh, the guy from from Citron, Andrew Left, put out a video, and but when he said this back in the day on, on Twitter, and since removed it, of course, that uh, if, if Shopify doesn't fall, if if it's not higher in a year, if it is a higher in a year from now, that they'll donate two hundred thousand dollars to a charity. I want to see that he did that because the bullshit these guys play about, oh, dude, charity, this is I'm doing this for the little guys. Save your BS for somebody who actually believes it. For First time in a long time, they're starting to call out these guys that are just, and guys and girls, I'm not saying just guys, but these people that have been manipulating and taking advantage of the average investor for decades. And guys like Andrew Left at Citron, the guys at Muddy Waters, sure, they disclosed they were short in very fine print, but I never saw it disclosed uh, on Twitter that they were short stocks, that they're bashing. And people follow them and they sell them because of that. And meanwhile, as the stock falls, they're making money. How does that help anybody? And a lot of these, they get out of the positions. They don't tell you when they get out. They made their money. They made their millions. Meanwhile, that investor sold out and that stock ends up going up like uh, Shopify 10X and they miss out because some guy who had uh, money in the game, skin in the game for the stock to go down, bashes it. That'd be like me being long stocks, coming on here, sending emails to my list of over 250,000 people who follow me and saying, I, I, I want to go long this, this, uh, this penny stock or this small cap stock. We do that, but I don't own them. Citron is actually short these companies and profiting from it. I, I mean, I know it's not illegal according to the law, but that is one of the most unethical things you can do. And it's not as if you're propping up a company you believe in. You're going after a company. You're trying to crush an entrepreneur. It's such bullshit. And I'm so happy. Again, I, I don't want to be negative towards these people, but I've been bashing for a while because they, they, what they've been doing is so unethical. And you know what? Karma's a damn bitch. Because guys like Andrew Left and Citron and Money Waters and all these other guys, these big hedge fund guys, karma's coming back at them. I'm not a perfect human being. Karma's bit me in the ass many times, trust me. But this is ridiculous what they've been doing because they've basically been lying to you in social media platforms. But Wall Street Bets comes out and does it and everybody wants to shut them down. It's just average people coming together. I'm not for it or against it. I don't want the people on Wall Street Bets and the people kind of joining now. 
you know, I had my coffee yesterday and uh, there's like a crew of, uh, of women who walk and have the coffee usually at the table next to me. And they're probably average age 65. Um, they're not Wall Street people by any means. They don't follow the markets. I've talked about them what I do, but they're all asking about Wall Street bets and about GameStop and everything else. And that scares me, you know, when they say, well, my son called and he's making money off it because they're gonna pull out the rug pretty quickly at one point. And I don't wanna see the average person get be, be the last one standing. You know, when they have musical chairs and you look around, there's nowhere to sit and you're that person as the stock falls and falls and falls. Because, you know, whatever is going on with GameStop, it is what it is. Uh, but I will tell you this, uh, in my opinion, and you know, something's only worth what people are willing to pay for it. But in my opinion, GameStop right now is $345. It was over, it was at four or 13 and change today. It is not a $400 company. I, I, you know, I, again, this is just my opinion. There's nothing as Wall Street bets. This is my opinion. I'm not short or long. I have no position. I have no intention to take a position in GameStop. That's way too crazy. That, that is a casino. My, I, I don't think it's worth 40 bucks this year, honestly. And again, I'm, this is just my opinion of the company. Taking out Wall Street bets, taking out Robinhood, taking out anybody else who has any axe to grind, hedge funds, uh, anybody out there. I just don't think it's worth 40 bucks a share. And right now it's at 345. So just for, for what it's worth. Could it go to 700 before it goes down to 40? Absolutely go to 4,000 for all the whole I freaking know. I don't know. I have, you know, when, when you sit down at, at a poker table and you don't know who the, the sucker is there, it's you. And if I sat down at the table right now at the GameStop, I'm not, I don't know who the sucker is. I know it's me. I know I have no edge. People call investing gambling. It's not gambling. This is a job. I do a shit ton of research myself and my team. We're ahead of the game. It's not an efficient market. If you do your research, you can beat the game, which we've been doing on a consistent basis. But if I sit down at this trading GameStop um, or AMC or KOSS, all these stocks that are on Reddit, I have no edge. So the odds of me winning are small. I might as well just sit with somebody and, and toss coins all day and bet on that because my odds are just as good, to be honest with you. So that's why I, I stay out of a lot of this stuff because it's not. I know, I know what I'm good at and doing this, I'm not good at it. Because again, next Friday, this could be at $1,000 or 40 bucks and I wouldn't be surprised. So I have no odds. I, I, I have no, no, no odds at all. So just a little bit about everybody out there. Just to catch you up, I kind of jumped ahead. I'm going to step back for one second. You know, everything's going on with Wall Street bets. Um, you, could, you could look at my Twitter, Matthew McCall, and, and I did an interview. I talked about it on a Buck Sexton show on uh, some new online TV. I think it's on, on like Direct TV and other stuff too. It's called The First TV. I never heard of it until Buck texted me yesterday and said, hey, could you be on my show? Um, I've known Buck for over a decade. We used to be on TV back together uh, back in the day, man, at, when Glenn Beck had his thing and then at the Fox. But a uh, great guy, but I know nothing about his show or the, uh, <laughs> the network. Uh, it seems like a bit of a conservative network, uh, which I kind of imagine, but I have a good 78 minute interview on there and I talk about it because I don't want to get too much into it here, but I talk about shorting of stocks and kind of what goes on. Uh, the bottom line is people short stocks and what they do is they borrow shares uh, from a broker or somebody else and then they sell first. So they sell it short. So if you're looking at, uh, let's say GameStop right now, it's called 350, $350 a share. If I were to short it, my, my, my uh, strategy is that it will, it will fall. So I'm selling at 350. 
say it falls to 100, I then buy that back at 100. It's the same thing as buying at 100 and selling at 350, you're just doing it opposite. You make that $250 in the middle. Um, there's a ton of shorts at four or $5. So when it ran up, you're losing. Every, every, every dollar that goes up against you, you're losing, it's like going down. The thing is, you have infinite losses, really, because the stock can keep going to infinity um, and beyond. Uh, so that is where it becomes a very risky proposition, where if you're long a stock, you only lose 100% of whatever you risk. So if you invest $10,000, it goes to zero, you can't, they can't come after you for anything more. So it, it is very, very high risk, uh, but it's high reward, too, because a lot of times if stocks go down, they go down pretty quickly. And... What Wall Street bets and uh, their posse did is they started buying and buying, buying, causing the stock to go up. A stock price moves based on supply and demand, buyers and sellers. There's more buyers, the price goes up. The more sellers, the price goes down. So buyers and buyers kept pushing price up. And the short sellers are seeing it go up. As it goes up, short sellers are like, I got to get out. They get margin calls. They can't handle it anymore. They're losing too much money. And to get out of a short, what do you have to do? You have to buy the stock back. So you already have more buyers and sellers pushing it up. And then all of a sudden these sellers become buyers because they have to get out of position and get out of position to buy it back. That's what you call short squeeze. This was a short squeeze of all short squeezes. Honestly, it's insane. But uh, in GameStock, I'm, I'm referring to uh, and, and several others. So, uh, you know, I, I got lucky. I, I own a stock that I had, and I owned it because uh, I like some of the trials that are going on. It's a small biotech company called Celsi, uh, symbol CVM, Charlie, Victor, Mary. And I had it for a while and I was about break even. And all of a sudden it, I guess, got mentioned on, on Wall Street Bets um, on Wednesday and it shot up 150%. And I sold half and then it came down a little and I sold the other half. And I, so I made over 100% in literally a day. Pure luck, pure luck. Um, I'm out of position now. It's still actually holding up. It hit 41, 42. It's at 25 now. I wouldn't touch it with, with a 10-foot pole. But my goal was if I could double this in a couple of years, and I doubled it in literally a day, but I've held it for several months. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting out. Again, I knew when it was time for me to leave the table because I didn't have any odds in my favor at this point. I, I was no different than anybody else. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I got out. So that's how shorts work, and that's what they're doing. They're trying to run it up. Um, so that's Wall Street bets. Uh, we talked about Citron, Money, Water. Citron came out and said they're no longer doing short research. Uh, I, I think they'll be out of business overall. Now they're suddenly looking for big hyper-growth stocks like I've been doing. So they kind of suddenly shifted. That You can't be one or the other. I mean, come on. Give it up, Andrew Left. You're a bum. You're unethical. You're a loser. Get out of the business. Um, and then uh, there's Robinhood, which is supposed to be – uh, democratizing uh, finance for all is, is basically their motto. I might butcher a little, but it, it's similar to that. And they were there for the little people. And Robin Hood obviously stole from the rich, gave to the poor. So what did Robin Hood do yesterday on Thursday? They shut down a trading in these stocks, GameStop, AMC, etc. And nobody knows why. Uh, you know, there's different theories out there. Uh, I, I think one is the hedge funds that uh, that back them and that they run their trades through. One of them has to be Citadel uh, and, um, you know, Stevie Cohen's firm. So a couple others, 0.72. And maybe they gave him a call that's not on the record. Say, hey, stop this. They're killing us. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist typically, and I have no idea what happened. I don't know if anybody knows what really happened behind the scenes other than the people who actually pulled the plug on the trading. So that led to a lot of these stocks coming back down, and now they're, they're, they're opening up some trading today. But 
What bothers me about this is uh, the fact that it's, it, it interferes with free markets. Again, the stock market is a group of people buying and selling. The more buyers the price goes up, the more sellers the price goes down. Because Wall Street hedge funds and these short selling firms like Citroen were able to manipulate and hammer down stocks by having more sells than buys and shorting it and, and tweeting it out and doing the same exact thing, not to the same magnitude, but same thing, it was okay. They were making markets. You know, that, that's good. It makes the market move. Well, now suddenly when the masses do it, hold on there. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Wall Street's no longer in control. The inmates are now running the asylum. They didn't like that. So again, uh, I'm for free markets. I, I am for the fact that disclose it. If you're long or short something, you know, I usually let you guys know, or try to, but I'm not pumping anything up here. And, you know, I'm just keep looking at the charts here, watching the market. But you have to just be open, honest, and you know, honestly, the, 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 you have to let the market be the market. If there's no more buyers and sellers, let it go. You know, if they get burnt, let them get burnt. The government shouldn't tell you what you can buy and sell based on what they think your risk tolerance is. You have a lot of clients that come over to Penn Financial Group from bigger firms where they say, they wouldn't let me buy Tesla. They wouldn't let me buy this stock. What do you mean they won't let you buy it? It's your money. They say it's too risky for me. Okay, then go to another damn brokerage firm. Go to another advisor. They can, I've had people call me and say, Matt, I wanna buy a stock. And I'm like, you're batshit crazy. This is the craziest thing. This, this company's garbage. And I tell them that, I put it in writing and I get it on the phone. And they say, buddy, it's your money. If you want to do this, I'm 100% against it, but I'll put the trade in for you. Because it's your money, but I'm against it. And I, and I want nothing to do with it. But again, it's your money. And I share my thoughts. Most people listen to me, but not everybody does. All right, so let's move on for now. I don't want to rant about that too much. Um, but it kind of leads me to a, a very important topic I want to talk about. We're going to do Investing 101, then we're going to do Ask Matt. I'm going to take questions live from Twitter. Investing 101, I, I, somebody asked this question. I thought this would be very nice, and I got a couple of really good examples. Investing 101, how to manage volatility like we're having today, or this week, I should say. So keep in mind, if we look at the stock market right now, uh, people are freaking out because it's going down because we haven't had a lot of pullbacks lately. So what we have to realize, though, if we look at the market, we look at the S&P 500, on Monday, the S&P 500 closed at the best level ever, ever. That's four days ago. So the fact that the market is down in the last four days, and it was up one of the days, but it's now down about three and a half percent at the low of the day right now, when the market's down about 1.9, but about three and a half percent from Monday's closing high, folks, if this drives you crazy, if this makes you want to sell, you, ha you have to get somebody to advise you and do this for you or get out of the market and keep reading and educating yourself and watching our podcast till you can handle it. Because three and a half to five to six, 7% pullbacks happen several times throughout the year. So if you can't handle this, you're not quite ready to be a long-term investor. I'll be honest with you. Because, and I'm saying this to help you. I'm not saying it to say, give up. No, just educate yourself more. And the reason is because I'm protecting you. Because if you can't handle this, 
You're going to sell into these pullbacks, which end up being great buying opportunities, but you're selling. And then when the market goes back up, you're buying into it. You're buying higher, selling lower, where you're better off just holding and letting it go. I'm telling you folks, I've seen this. I've done it myself when I first started two decades ago. It's just, it's, we've all done it. We've all been there and it's okay. But I just don't want you to pay this huge tuition to the stock market to do this. I'd rather you watch the shows, read our newsletters, read our articles, um, follow me on Twitter to get a good sense of what's really going on and learn and read books and educate yourself. That's the way to make it happen, I'm telling you. So um, that's where we are with the market right now. You have to think long-term. There may be some traders watching this and, and that's fine. Um, but I'm gonna tell you, the people watching this, 99.5% of you either are or should be long-term investors. At the very minimum, what I call swing investors, where you hold for several months to maybe a year or so, but you're long-term in my opinion. And when I say long-term, three to 10 years, maybe longer, because that's how you capture the big gains. Um, and the big thing I wanna mention here is, you can't be a trader and a long-term investor. I've tried it. I've had friends who've tried it. I've had colleagues who've tried it. I've had employees who've tried it. I've had bosses who've tried it, family members. It doesn't work. Now, I'll give you a little analogy. It's like trying to be a marathon runner, a successful marathon runner, and a successful sprinter. It's just, it's different muscle build. It's different mentality. It's just not what it is. It's just, it's, it's, and I'm not saying some people can't do it. There could be some people who are great sprinters that can be great long distance runners, but it's very, very rare. It's that 0.1% of the world that can do this. The same thing with being a trader and investor. It's extremely rare. So maybe you're in that rare, rarefied air, but most of you will not. So let's again, play the odds that you're not. So you should be long-term investors. A quick story I'll tell you about being a sprinter uh, and a long-term runner. There's some app called Strava that this uh, couple below below me is staying in, and um, they uh, they um, uh, they're from Canada. Great couple, a little bit younger than me, uh, but the wife she she's a big workout uh, person, likes to run, long distance runner, and they got me turned on to this app called Strava, uh, S T R A V A. And it's just an app to track your runs and your workouts, your bikes, that kind of stuff, your walks if you want to. And it's like a community, but you share with people and they comment on it and like it and stuff. And people set different segments. And she set a segment that was like 0.2 miles. So just about a lap around. And I was like, wow, you know, she's in second place and some guys in first place, that's pretty fast. So I went and I beat her. But what's funny is I went and sprinted and basically came back home. And she just did the sprint and ran another five miles. So it's very different. So. I couldn't do that with her, with her. I couldn't sprint and beat her and then beat her in five miles. I could only beat her in one. And she couldn't beat me in a sprint, but she could beat me in a five mile run. You have to know what you're good at. So I conceded and didn't run the five miles, which I probably should have just for health reasons, but I did not. So you, ha you have to know who you are. So what to do in times like this? Well, if you don't have one now, create a watch list of stocks that you are interested in or you think you'd be good potential buys at one point or that interest you. As I always talk about my watch list I have here, and I use that for my own stocks. I use it for uh, stocks for my clients at my money management firm, Penn Financial Group. I use it for our subscribers. And right now, and this is probably a full list, it's 
267 on that one. And the one over here, which there's some duplications as well. But I'm just going to show you like just how big this, this is right now. This one's 387. When I say this one's 200 and 267. Again, some of them are overlapping, but uh, my, my point is there's a lot of stocks out there that I keep an eye on. Um, a lot of these that we've added to either uh, client portfolios or newsletters, or I hold myself um, and I keep them in the watch list, but that have been added. Uh, that being said, there's a lot in there that, uh, that I'm keeping an eye on. So what I'd like you to do as, as a bit of a homework, start building a watch list. It could be five stocks or 500. The less, the easier for you to manage. You know, I've, Again, remember, I have a team of experts and this is what I do. So we manage a little differently. But for yourself, maybe 50 stocks, I, I kind of stop it at. Then from there, you, know, you want to, ideally in a perfect world, buy on dips, sell on the strength. Uh, buying into dips is one of the greatest long-term wealth creations you can do. When stocks pull back and markets pull back, like I just mentioned, we have the S&P down 3.5% from an all-time closing high. But there's a lot of stocks that pull back quite a bit more. Uh, we, uh, we bought two stocks yesterday for some of our clients at Penn Financial. And I thought it was a great opportunity for stocks that I saw um, that were pulling back uh, from highs and, and pulling back from all-time highs. And I thought, this is great. I love this stock. I'm waiting for the pullback. Here it is. I'd like to pull back right here. So uh, we did buy, uh, buy a two yesterday uh, for several clients. And um, just kind of see how they're doing here today. One's down a little bit, and I think the other one's down too. Yeah, they continue down. That's fine. I don't know where the bottom is. And that, that, that's a great thing. It's, like, I, I, it's not like you're trying to play this perfectly. I know they're sitting near support. I bought uh, one earlier this week, and it's actually up 1.6% today, strangely enough, in this market, where, again, the market's down about 2% right now. So, But, again, we're long-term investors. From day to day, I don't care really what the market does or stocks do. Uh, we're looking long-term, and that's the only way I think most of you should be playing it. Um, the other thing is keep your emotions at bay. Uh, try to lower your emotions when it comes to investing in stocks uh, as much as possible. I know it's not possible to eliminate emotions. I can't eliminate emotions from this, but think about, again, life and reality. When you make emotional decisions, whether it be a heated argument with an employee or a loved one, you say stupid shit, you make bad decisions. You don't ever make good decisions emotionally. It's just we're not wired that way. So again, when you get emotionally uh, driven and, and all teed up here, watching your stocks either go up or down, you typically make a bad decision. So try to keep your emotions at bay. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, sometimes it's good to walk away if you can't handle this. Um, but you know, some people have been doing this a long time and you can't handle it, but sometimes our emotions get the best of us because you just can't watch this. You're like, my God, you're watching every tick of the stock and it's going down, down, down. Walk away, go get a coffee. Go have lunch. Go be with your family. Go have a martini. Whatever the hell you do, go for a run, work out. Whatever it is you do, go do you. Do yoga, meditate. Because there's gonna be ugly down days, ugly down weeks, ugly down months. There's gonna be ugly quarters. And you can't stare at it because there's nothing you could do. You can't do like a stock market dance, like a rain dance and make it rain. It's just not happening. So just walk away sometimes, it's all right. Now, let me give you two examples about how walking away can make you a shit ton of money. I'm gonna look at number one at a company uh, called Fulgent Genetics, F-U, or sorry, F-L-G-T. We have this in our early stage investor newsletter. We added it on the 31st of July, 2019. So what is that? That's exactly one and a half years. 
18 months, basically exactly 18 months. Well, it's now up over 1,500%. That's 16X in 18 months, 16X. We added to the portfolio at $6.66. Uh, it hit a high of 107 today. It's about 104, 105 right now. And uh, it's, it's amazing, uh, the run that this has had. Today, it was up just a minute ago. It's pulling back right now. It was up almost $14. The cost was $6.66. $14 in one day. Think about that. You paid $6.66 for it. It's up 14 bucks. That's over 2X of your original price in one day. That's when it becomes fun. That's why long-term is so amazing because you just made 2X your original investment in one day. That's why these winners you need to let run. That's why portfolios, winners like this, this one or two stocks that are in there make all the difference. Think about if you went into 10 stocks on that day at the end of July of 2019, and you bought split 10 stocks, 10 ways. I'm gonna get my pad to make sure I'm doing this right. 10 stocks, $1,000 each. So you have $10,000, you have 1,000 in each. Say the other nine companies went out of business. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the odds of you picking nine stocks and go to business out of 10 in 18 months, if you can do that, then you should be the best short seller ever. I, I don't know if anybody can actually do that. Say nine go out of business and you have Fulgent as your 10th one. I just mentioned it's up 16X. So it'd be worth 16 times 1,000 and 16,000. So you'd still be up 60% in 18 months if nine of them went out of business and you had one full gym. That, folks, is why you diversify. That, folks, is why we let stocks go up and down to try to find those big winners. Because that proves to you, even in a very short amount of time, how you could be so damn successful. And if you look at the market did since that time, at 60%, even though you picked nine bankrupt companies out of 10, you'd still be beating the market. I didn't plan on saying that. It just kind of came to me. I was doing it. So I'm looking at a chart right now. I'm going to give it to our producers to pull up on, on there as we're doing this. This is a chart of Fulgent since we bought it. It shows percentages off the high. You'll see in this chart that Fulgent pulled back uh, in late 2019 about 30%. If you had a stop loss in at 25, you're knocked out. Rallied back to nearly a new all-time high, then was down 20% again. Then in the first quarter of 2020, hit a new all-time high. And it pulled back 25% again, and then rallied. And then it pulled back over 60% during that craziness in March and April of 2020. Then the stock rallied all the way back to a new all-time high in the third quarter in July of 2020. The stock then pulled back 45% yet again. Then rallied back almost to an all-time high again. Then back down almost 40% then back up to an all-time high just recently. In the last three months, it's had three 15% pullbacks. 15%. It's at an all-time high today. It could easily pull back 15%. Look, 20% still look great. If we would have sold or had stop losses in 25%, we would have been stopped at several times. We never would have made it. And that's a, we would have had, instead of a 16X, we would have had a negative 25% versus a positive 1,500%. Not all work out this way, I'll be honest with you. But you need to be able to let it go and trust in 
the companies that you buy in your research to get the Fulgens. One other example, it's a little bit actually sooner uh, that we bought it. This went into our microcap millionaire portfolio, again, an early stage investor. This went in because uh, I saw cryptos doing well, and this is uh, Silvergate Capital, symbol SI. Uh, this is a regional bank, but it deals with the cryptocurrency exchanges. We put the stock in at 15.99 at 2.5, February 5th, 2020. So just under a year. It's up over 500% right now. Uh, hit a high today of 102.76. So Fulgen hit triple digits for the first time today. So did SI Silvergate Capital. But we put it in, it did well for a little while, and then it pulled back uh, in late uh, 20, oh, sorry, it's the wrong chart. Let me pull up the SI chart here for you. Knock myself out. Give me one moment. That's what happens when you're doing 15 things at once and your team keeps signing you out of everything you're trying to work on. So SI uh, has had a hell of a run and with Bitcoin bouncing back today. Uh, that's why Silvergate Capital has gone up. But I'm gonna share this chart and you'll be able to see it here and uh, I'll have my producer make sure you pull it up. But if you go back to 2.5, uh, which is when we added this, and you look at the pullbacks that this stock has had, um, it went it hit a couple highs right after we put it in there and then it fell 50%. The stock fell 54% from the high uh, in March when, when the market pulled back. Rallied a little, then couldn't hold. Then it rallied almost all the way back in April. Next thing you know, third quarter of July, we're down another 22%. Rallied back to a new all-time high finally in October of last year. And then December, down another 15%. And now, in the last since since the beginning of this year, believe it or not, folks, Beginning of 2021, we've had one, two, almost three pullbacks of 10%. These things are volatile. They don't go straight up. Again, if we had a stop loss, we would have been knocked out about a month after we bought it with a 25, 35, heck, 50% loss. We had a 50% stop loss. And now we're up over 500%. So these charts, the reason I like to show these is because you have to look over time and know that any big winner, and these are short-term examples, these are very short-term examples, but any big winner that you have will suffer big pullbacks. Let's look, this is a great example. Um, if I look at Amazon, and I go back to Amazon, uh, it's up 163,000%. So an investment of $10,000 in Amazon back after, after one public, not pre-IPO, after one public in 97, if you invested $10,000 in Amazon, that investment is now worth ding, 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 $16.3 million. But you wouldn't have gotten there if you get shaken out because we had a 25% pullback and then a, 50, a 35% and then a 52. Oh, then we had uh, 2001 happen. We lost 93%. I mean, you look at this and just even since if I look at the last 10 years, and, and, I, and I take it, zoom it in, the last 10 years, we've had one, two, three, four pullbacks of at least 29%. Again, 25% stop loss, four times you're knocked out. It's, it's, it, folks, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. It truly is fascinating how many times these strong stocks pull back, the life changers, and you know, people who, who said, you know, I still have my Amazon or I still have my Microsoft, my Apple, you have to pat them on the back because they held through craziness. All right, 
enough of this. We're getting in too deep here. And, uh, but this is, I want to do more of this. And I got good news for you. I have, uh, I got a picture from uh, our producers back in the studio in Baltimore. We ordered a big widescreen, not as big as this picture, but almost the biggest picture, widescreen TV for the podcast. And we're going to start doing daily TV show where I can draw on and do all kinds of fun stuff. I cannot wait. So we have a lot of great stuff coming your way. Uh, they just have to get me out of here and out of paradise and back to uh, back to reality, which I am fighting tooth and nail, folks. It's too nice down here to leave. All right. So I'm going to go over Twitter and I'm going to take these questions live because I told you all that I'm going to be coming up with some questions. And uh, here they are. So let's go through a couple of these. All right. I want to do ones that I don't do every time, every week. So I think people keep asking about what to be doing every week. People are asking about the stock market. I just talked about that. Uh, that's easy. Uh, what else do we got here? We have uh, open, O-P-E-N. That's interesting that somebody's asking about that. Uh, for full disclosure, I bought it this week for several clients at Penn Financial Group. Open Door Technologies. I love this company. This is a uh, this was a SPAC. It's one of the Shamoth pack back SPACs. And what I love about this is it's disrupting uh, an, an industry which is uh, real estate, which is ripe for for destruction and and uh, disruption. Sorry, not disruption. Disruption. And if I take a look at, at Open uh, Door Technologies. It's about a 13 and a half, 14 billion dollar company, 13.8 billion dollar company, which is big, you know, for a SPAC already to be worth that much. But again, I look at future growth where uh, this year it's looking for revenue, uh, sorry, 2020 revenue estimates, about 2.5 billion. This year up to 3.5 billion, but then it takes off. By 2025, again, this is only five years away looking for revenue of $19.5 billion. So I look at this and I think to myself, boy, a company like this that is a technology platform, digital technology platform for uh, a, a multi-trillion dollar industry, which could disrupt it, um, should be trading at least five times sale, forward sales. So if we do forward sales of $19.5 billion, for 2025, let me do some math in my head, and that means in 2024 it should be trading at five times that. You know what is that? 97.5 billion dollar company. That's about what six, seven, seven x from here, from where it's at. Seven x. That's a uh, $150 stock, and it's at 25 right now. That's more than $150 stock. That's $175 stock, and it's at 25 right now. Um, again, full disclosure, we own it for some clients at Penn Financial, so. Uh, but I know it well, and, and I love it down here, obviously, at, at this level. All right, what else we got here on the Twit? Um, a lot of comments, not as much questions. Uh, workhorse, people have been asking about that. Workhorse is one, again, that we have uh, for subscribers. We've had for a while. We originally recommended it at $2.76, another 10-bagger for us. Um, this week, earlier this week, two days ago, it was above $40. Uh, this morning, it was at 38 Right now, it's around 36 I'm still up 8% for the day. Having a hell of a day with the market down. It's all about EV, folks, electric vehicles. Uh, you got to love this stock. Uh, this is one you really want to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't know if I'd buy here. Again, nothing I say is a buy or sell recommendation at all, but uh, that is one, obviously, that I like, and I think there's a great chance they can get some contracts with the U.S. government, uh, in particular, U.S. Postal Service, which is supposed to come out in the first quarter, but who the hell knows with, with the government uh, when they're actually going to do that. But it's one, obviously, that, that we like. Um, another one was uh, VNE, people are asking about. Uh, Vianeer, um, you know, this is one I've watched for a while. I don't have any exposure to it. Um, it is in the uh, auto industry as well. 
Uh, so this is kind of a play on electric vehicles, um, and, and you know, it does does auto safety. I'm pretty sure it's a play on uh, autonomous vehicles as well. But if I take a look at the company, it is about a $3 billion company, so it's kind of right in our wheelhouse. I like that. Uh, revenue's been dropping. It's supposed to be down about $1.3 billion in 2020, um, but by 2025, closer to 3.5. Again, nice growth you have going forward from here, even if you're trading two times sales at seven, you know, so that's a nice easy double. Uh, earnings are growing at 52% uh, annually in the next five years, up to potentially uh, over $2 a share in 2025. You know, for a stock that's trading around 25 bucks, it's got a great looking chart, uh, pulling back 3.6% today. Uh, this is one I, I definitely want to put on my watch list and keep an eye on. I see a ton of support around 23. Uh, you got a bit of a gap there. You got price support at the 50 day moving average. I'd watch it around 23, but it, it is one that uh, I'm adding right now to this pad here and I'll put it on my watch list. So uh, nice question, that one, that one does look good. All right, let's go back. So people have been asking about this one for a while, and so I don't know if I've talked about it. I can't remember, but I will. Uh, it's uh, Cloud MD Software and Services, a Canadian company, but basically like a like a smaller teledoc, uh, telemedicine. It trades here over the counter, D O C R F. Uh, so Doc R F. It's about a dollar eighty nine right now. Uh, it trades about how many shares a day? Uh, about a million shares a day. Low volume today. Uh, buck 89 right now. So uh, chart's not bad. You know, the stock has been a big rally late last year with all the telemedicines, pullback consolidating, ton of support around buck 60 to buck 80. Uh, you know, if I come over here again, it's it's a smaller company. So I'll take a look at it and see how it looks here in the system. Uh, it's valued about 426 Canadian, so a little less American. Uh, if I take a look, uh, you know, it's got some big growth coming up, folks. You know, last year it's predicted to do about 14.8 Canadian uh, million Canadian dollars, uh, up to in 2024 152. So that's 10x in four years. That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, forecasted annual revenue growth 35%. Forecasted annual earnings growth. Does your annual numbers 41.3? Uh, profitable as early as 2022, 2023-ish, right around there. Yeah, it's what I keep an eye on. It's a little risky to me. It's small, which I like, but I, I don't know too much about it. It also trades on the Vancouver, uh, the Venture Exchange up there, TS uh, Venture in Canada. So it's one to keep it on. The symbol up there in, in Canada is uh, DOC. All right, I'll take one more thing. I wrap it. We got a little long in the tooth here. Um, let's see. Let's go to Twitter. We have anything else that came in here. A lot of SPACs, but I promised people I wouldn't talk SPACs today only because we talk about it all the time. I'll get back to it on Tuesday, um, but I will uh, get back to it, like I said, on Tuesday. And it's a lot of the same stocks. I, I don't want to talk about all the same stuff every week. So uh, let's see. Here's one. Let's take a look at it. Uh, another SPAC. So, all right, I'll go to one. There's one here. It's not a SPAC, but I think I've talked about it recently. But uh uh, I'll talk about it again here. Uh, actually, here's one. CLSK. This is a stock I mentioned. CleanSpark. Uh, I mentioned it a while ago, and it went up, like, I think, 4X from the time I mentioned it. And I don't own it. I don't have it for clients, subscribers, nothing. Uh, but it's, you know, it, was, it was an interesting company. It ran a 40 pullback. It's finding great support at 25 down here. I'd like to see it hold 25 for a couple of weeks and then give it a shot maybe after that. It's got really nice volume uh, in its favor. It's been pulling back on lighter volume than it had gone up on, so that's always a, a great sign. Uh, even after the big run-up, the company's still only about a $588 million company. 
uh, provides energy software. Uh, it also is involved in Bitcoin. So it is one I would definitely keep an eye on. It's got exposure to a lot of really cool programs uh, and industries. It's predicted, it's, it looks like its fiscal year ends in September. Last year, 10 million sales at the end of September 2020. Um, by 2025, 150, so 15X in five years, uh, you know, or 150, sorry, 15X in five years. That's not bad. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It, it's got some nice stuff going for it. Uh, it's a bit overvalued right here potentially, but we'll see if it holds a 25 and we'll take it from there. But, man, it's something as long as podcasts I've ever done, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Again, like, subscribe, all that stuff down below. Uh, stay calm. Uh, that's all I got to say. Stay calm. Uh, we have the markets right now pulling back today. It's okay. They, they, markets don't go up every week and every month. We're down a little 2% right now in the S&P. It's okay. I'm telling you. We're down less than 4% from an all-time closing high. Think about it like that. Less than 4%. All right, folks. Enjoy the weekend. Don't worry about all this Wall Street, bets, Reddit stuff, and Robinhood, and all the negativity that's going to be flying around. Please enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Get out. Get some fresh air. I'm about to go out and get some fresh air myself. I'm not surfing today because I'm a little sore from yesterday. I went to a bigger area than I'm used to and I got crushed a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm going to enjoy my weekend. I'm going to do a lot of research for you. I'll have a great show on Tuesday coming back. We'll talk SPACs again on Tuesday. I'll have some great ideas for you. Uh, but in the meantime, please be safe. Be happy. Go tell somebody you love them. Give them a hug. Buy them a drink. Buy them whatever, a hot dog, whatever the hell it is. Uh, just be good to people. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Matt McCall. This is your Friday Money Line. Money Line with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.